0: Hey, what's up everybody, it's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you out to episode three of my Dating Prep Podcast, a podcast designed for you to date yourself and the love of your life forever. I um, hope you guys are doing exceptionally well. I hope the other two episodes have been a blessing to you. If you have yet to hear, to hear of those episodes, feel free to go to wherever you podcast, as well as YouTube, and you could be able to listen through and watch through the previous episodes. But today's episode is on the theme of love being much more than feelings, how to find the facts, of love and I really do believe this episode is going to be beneficial to everyone because it will help us better understand who is love, what is love and how to sustain the love. So let's get right into our points as we as we indulge into these points. Before I do, before I indulge, I want you guys to take some time to pause this video and download today's worksheet. Today's worksheet is designed for you to kind of enhance these points, have activities and exercises for you uh, to better engage with you as a single or with you and your significant other and be able to get some of some good uh, questions asked and some good uh, dialogue going in. but if you want to go even deeper into the dating prep uh, materials, you can do so by going to ezzygames.com, and you will be able to you can be able to get your your card game and your book. But let's get right into these points um, and let's go deeper. <clears throat> the problem. many people are either expressing love without evidence or are not expressing love despite the obvious evidence. They are still stuck at the carnal levels of lust. Many people are either expressing love without evidence or are not expressing love despite the obvious evidence. They are still stuck at the carnal levels of lust. So many people are in one of two extremes. They're either expressing love without evidence or are ignoring the evidence of someone else's love. What side do you find yourself? Are you expressing love with no facts, falling in love and expressing feelings of love for someone that you have no concrete evidence of for you to even be in love with them? Or are you in a situation where you're not expressing love despite the obvious evidence of it? So many people do not understand love in its truest context. They express love from a carnal sense. They express love from a worldly standpoint. They express love from the the carnal levels of lust. And so many people are are looking for the genuine fruit and, and benefits of love, but they haven't grown into it. And so many people get lost in the world's way of doing things. They forget to understand that there is a true and divine understanding and perspective Perspective of what love is. So many people are expressing love and have no evidence and there's so much evidence there that is proving to them that they shouldn't even try to even endeavor to go deeper in their love or there are so many people who who are not expressing love despite the obvious evidence meaning that there are certain people that that are giving love to a son, giving love to a daughter, giving love to a significant other and that person is completely oblivious of that evident love. Now let's go to the calls. The cause of this problem is due to people not knowing who love is and their unwillingness to walk with love. The cause of this problem is due to people not knowing who love is. Love as a noun. They do not know who love is and their unwillingness to walk with love. The reason why I put these two sentences together is because you can know God as love, but if you do not endeavor to walk with him, you won't be able to grow in love. There's two parts to love. There's a knowing and then there's a following. There's a knowing and then there's a following. You have to know who love is. Who love is is God. He is the essence of love. He is love. And when you know him and know that love comes from him, the genuine form of love comes from him, then I would then be inspired to follow him. Because he will begin to walk with me specifically, walk with you specifically, walk with me uniquely, walk with you uniquely to a place where you will begin to grow based upon your personality traits, based upon um, your experiences, based upon your surroundings, based upon his purpose for you. You will begin to walk in with love, growing in understanding of how to love specifically and uniquely from a divine place. It's important for you to know who God is. It's important for you to know who he is and what he stands for and what his attributes are. And not just knowing who he is, but having the willingness to follow him. Do you just know God alone? Do you know about God or do you know God in an intimate way? Do you just know about him and and are watching the fruit of somebody else following him? Or are you endeavoring to follow him? Next point, you don't fall into love. You grow into love. Write that down. You don't fall into love, you grow into love. Love is a mature concept. Many people think they are in love, but they are really in lust and idolatry. People love the idea of love. You don't fall into love, you grow into love, and that's important. People are like, I fell in love. Anything you fall into, you get hurt. No one falls into love you grow into it, meaning that love is not an accidental thing. Because when you fall, typically it's because of accident. Love is not an accidental thing, is accidental a very intentional thing. That you don't just fall into love, you grow into love. That as you begin to grow in life and mature in your walk with God and mature in you, and you, and as a person, you would then begin to grow into deeper understanding, deeper maturity of love. For love is a mature concept. Love is not something that immature people can handle. Love requires endurance. Love requires patience. Love requires empathy. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love is for the mature. It is not for the immature at heart. And so many immature people have the audacity to scream they are in love. But don't know God. You don't fall into love for falling is accidental. You grow in love and that's based upon intentionally endeavoring to grow. Love is a mature concept. And many people think they're in love, but they are really in lust and in idolatry. So many people think they're in love, but man, no. Their, their, their feelings is the, is, is the fruit of lust and idolatry that most people get into relationships because they idolize the idea of love and because they're actually in lust. Where do you fall? Are you in love because you know love? Or are you in love because of the infatuation uh, a byproduct that births lust and idolatry? In your own current state as a human person, in your sinful nature, you are more prone to go after lust and idolatry. Lust don't even necessarily mean sexual. It just means the overbearing desire for something. the overbearing desiring, The overbearing desire for a relationship. The overbearing desire for marriage, the overbearing desire for money, the overbearing desire for power. What do you have an overbearing desire for? The true desire was meant to be um, birthed out of God. True desire was meant to be control, self-control, which is part of the fruit of the Spirit. That's what love was supposed to be. But if you have this overbearing, uncontrollable desire for a thing, you are actually operating in lust. And so many people the reason why they want someone because they love the idea of love, but don't want to engage with what uh, for who really for who love really is. That love is for those who are willing to work hard. Love is not something that you can get overnight. Love is a process. Love is pruning. Love is patience. Love is love is power that is birthed out of knowing who God is as a person because when you begin to know who he is, you will naturally begin to understand what patience is what kindness is what gentleness is what true love is but man so many people out there hopefully not you but a lot of people out there love the idea of love the idea of love is a preconceived construct of what society has defined love to be meaning This is what I say love is. Love is this, love is that. Love is what I saw my parents do. Love, listen, listen, God is the only one that holds the true definition of love. And until you know who God is, you won't be able to understand what love is. Next point, in order to walk in love, in order to walk in love, you must walk with love. Love is a person. In order to walk in love, you must walk with love. In order to walk in love as a verb, you must know love as a noun. They go hand in hand. I won't be able to operate love, function in love without knowing who love is as a person. So many people are functioning in what they think love is without first getting to know who God is as a noun. And when you understand that God is a person, person means he has identity, he has a character, he has attributes, he has personality. That the more I get to know him as a person, his personhood, his personality begins to rub off on me. And if you're not you if you're not producing the fruits of his attributes, in your own life in regards to what you can in human form, then you are not walking with him. That the more you walk with him, the more you get to know him, the more you begin to cherish him, the more you begin to stay humble and realize that you are incapable to do anything without him. You will then begin to birth the, the character traits and the personhood of love. But so many people do not wanna go to God. They don't wanna engage with God. They don't wanna love him. They don't wanna get to know him because they know that it's gonna require them to forsake their sins. It's gonna require them forsake their idols is going to require them to dry up their lusts and so many people love their sins more than they love the savior that desires to save them from them so many people love the the, the lust the sex the passion the curiosity the experimental uh uh, uh prowess the, the pursuits that we have they don't want to go to god and sit alone and be pruned by him to be fashioned for a purpose and that requires a process that many people do not want to endure is that you Are you a person that just knows or endeavors to act out love without first getting the script from love? In order to walk in love, you must walk with love. Walk with him. Not walk behind him. Not walk ahead of him. Walk with him. When you walk with someone, you have relationship. When you walk ahead of someone, you're walking in pride. When you're walking behind someone, you're walking in condemnation. And you are either walking in one of three categories. You're either walking behind and you have condemnation. You feel like God won't accept you. Or you're walking ahead where you think that you know, the, you know the way more than you know God. Or you're walking with him because you're walking in relationship. And one step ahead of God and one step Behind God, behind God is not good. You gotta be in step with Him. You gotta be in rhythm with Him. You gotta walk with Him, commune with Him, have conversation, grow with Him. That's how love is matured in your life. Don't walk ahead of God, thinking that you know where you're going. Don't walk behind God because you think God don't care about you. Walk with Him, because walking with is walking in relationship. Now, let's look at the difference between lust and love. Lust versus love. For those who have their notes, let's go to the next point. Lust is a counterforce to love. Lust is a counterforce to love. Lust is the hunger or drive for carnal desires and the pursuits of carnal hopes. Lust is a counterforce to love. Counterforce means it's the opposite, it's the, it's the force that's trying to come against or to dilute the impact of. Lust is the hunger or drive for carnal desires and the pursuits of carnal hopes. Lust, like I said, is an overbearing hunger, overbearing desire for carnal desires, meaning I want this in my life to satisfy me. I want to eat how I want to eat. I want sex when I want sex. I want this when I want it. Carnal desires and that lust will begin to drive you, push you towards those things and the pursuits of carnal hopes, meaning that, hey, I don't I don't want God to save me. God is not good enough to save me. He's not strong enough to save me. This woman will save me from my troubles. This man will save me from my troubles. This job will save me from my troubles. This way of life will save me from my troubles. So those over Bearing desires will have you pursue a place of hope, not knowing that that hope is dope, that hope is no good, that hope is bad for you, that when you find yourself on top of it, that thing will cause you to sink. Whatever you endeavor to have without God will be your downfall. Everything you pursue must have God in mind, that I'm doing this for God's glory and I'm doing this for me being glorified more into his son's image. Anything outside of that will destroy you. Lust is a counterforce to love. It's trying to come against it. The enemy wants you you in lust. He wants you in overbearing desires because you won't be patient enough to really recognize what true love is. Lust is the hunger or drive for carnal desires and the pursuits of carnal hopes. Let's look at love. Love is the ability to do these one, two, three, four, five things. Love is the ability to consider, to care, to correct, to commit, and to complete. Love is the ability to consider, to care, to correct, to commit, and to complete. Love is the ability to consider. Love is empathy. Love is kindness. Love is is, is having the ability to consider the needs of others. To have such self-awareness and search awareness, to be able to consider the needs of others. Love is the ability to to not not overly consume yourself with yourself, but to be able to consider the needs of others. Do you consider others above yourself? Do you consider others beyond your uh, selfish desires of you? So many people are not willing to consider. Therefore, they're not walking in love. God considered us, for he gave. He loved the world so much that he considered, he considered giving and and many of us are not willing to consider giving our lives based upon what he considered in giving because when we understand what true love is, I can't, you can't and we can't help but think about the needs of others and how can I meet that need? How can I be more selfless than selfish love? Is the ability to care. Care means self-care and to care for others. Not only do I consider them, but it's my ability to actually, through my talent, through my skill, through my ability to be able to care. Care means to bring into a place of, of health and wealth and, and to bring to a place of, of, of peace, of, of, of power, of prominence. It's the ability to say, I see that you're in pain. How can I care for you? Love is the ability to correct. Love is not just in the Santa Claus category. It's not just in the category of making people feel good. It's also in the in the in the in the, in the realm of correcting others. Because I love you, I correct you. Because I love you, I got to tell you about yourself. And just don't do it because you feel the obligation to. There's a tone and a way about correcting. I, I go by the uh, three C's. They call it the, I forgot, they call it like a sandwich. like bread, uh, whatever's in the middle, and another slice of bread. You uh, you celebrate, critique, celebrate. In order to truly correct somebody, you celebrate them. Hey, man, you doing, hey, you celebrate the good things they're doing. Then you bring in the critique, and then you celebrate again. You celebrate the things they're doing good. Hey, man, I like the way you're doing it. You're doing a good job. We really appreciate what you're doing. But there are some things that we desire for you to to work on, and here are those things. But don't get so consumed by that, man, because you're really doing a great job. It's it's, it's, It's celebrate, critique, celebrate, and you're giving them critique, you're giving them correction, but you're also giving them on the opposite, on the outer ends. Things that they are doing well. Not everybody wants to hear what they do wrong over and over and over again. There's an art form in, in, in helping people understand that I do recognize the good in your life, but there are some things that I see that you should correct, but I'm going to reiterate that you are doing a good job, that there are some good things in your life, but you bring bringing it home in a way that they can receive it. Love is the ability to correct. Things you let slide proves that you don't love things you let loose and let go without correcting proves you genuinely don't love them or you love your position in the relationship more than you do the relationship meaning you love them being in your life more than you are willing to risk them through giving them truth. So many people don't tell the truth because they love their position in that other person's relationship and they don't want to lose them by telling the truth. No, I'd rather lose you with my hands clean than to keep you and eventually having your blood on my hands. I'd rather tell you the truth than Love, I'd rather tell you the truth and what you should do than to close my mouth to keep you and then end up having your blood on my hands. If you tell the truth in love and you know that it was in love and you celebrated, critique, celebrated, and they still walked away, at least your hands are clean from the situation. That's what the coach does. I celebrate, critique, celebrate. If you don't want to be in my life, at least I know I can still sleep good tonight knowing that eventually your blood will be on your hands and your blood, not even a drop, will be on mine. Love is the ability to commit. Love is a superpower that only God can give. It is only through God that I'm able to consider. It's only through God that I'm able to care. It's only through God that I'm able to correct. It's only through God that I can can commit. I tell people all the time a person's commitment to God will tell you, will give you foresight on their commitment to you. If they can compromise God, they will compromise you. If they can leave and walk away from God, they will leave and walk away from you. The measure of a person's commitment in your life is predicated to their commitment to God, and their commitment to God is based upon their relationship with each other. And if they, have, don't, if they have a poor relationship with God, they will begin to loosen in their commitments. And if they loosen in their commitments, they will be in a carnal state to kind of try to compromise you and to getting out of your commitment with God to satisfy their carnal desires. And those kind of people are dangerous people to be in relationships with because they will cause you to compromise your commitment with God to feed their carnal desires. And now you're in condemnation, but they're still like vultures eating from your poor commitment. But when you're in love with God... I'd rather lose everyone and keep my commitment to God than to sacrifice my commitment to God to gain commitment with others. Love is the ability to complete. Complete is for those go-getters, those doers. Love, when you love God and you love people, you got to get that book done. You got to get that album done. You got to get that business concept done. You got to get the, you got to put that ministry. Love is the ability to complete. Love is not competing. Love is completing. I'm not competing. I'm completing. The most people who get so caught up in competing, they complete for the wrong reasons. But when you're in love with God and you love his people and the people he's giving you a burden for, you cannot help but complete what you're supposed to do because you love God and you are in a and you honor what God wants to, through, wants to do through your art form. Love is having the ability to complete things. God can't do anything that's incomplete. Ideas left in your mind are no good to God. Write the vision, make it plain. Write it on tablets. Give it to runners. Give it to people who can make something happen. But so many people, they don't love themselves. They feel like they're inadequate their love for God begins to wane. They have no burden for anyone, therefore they complete nothing. Love is the ability to consider others more than yourselves. Love is the ability to care. Love is the ability to correct, compliment, not compliment, compliment too, that's another C, commit and complete. Let's go to some questions. Here are three questions you have to ask yourself when it comes to love. Three questions you must ask yourself when it comes to love. Who do you love? Why do you love them? What evidence do you have that they love you or that you love them? When it comes to relationships, it's important for you to ask yourself these three questions. You got to ask yourself, who do you love? Who, do, who are the people that you love? Significant others, significant family members, etc. Who do you love? You can either pause this video now, you can get a sheet of paper, you can write down who you love right now. Write down the people that you love. Who do you love? Next, why do you love them? Why? All of us got who's, but many of us have not to find out why's. Who do you love and why do you love them? With your boyfriend right now, with your girlfriend, why do you love them? With your husband, with your wife, why do you love them? Pause this video, look to your wife, look to your husband, and begin to discuss why y'all love each other. So many of us get so consumed, for those in relationships, we get so consumed with life and what we don't have that we forget the why or the reason why we love someone. You with them for a reason. You're with them because there's a reason why you love them. But so many people do not have a why. Last but not least, one of the probably the most important questions. What evidence do you have that they love you or that you love them? What evidence do you have that they love you or that you love them? Evidence. People expressing without evidence. Expressing love even with the obvious obvious evidence that they shouldn't. Women are expressing sexual love to a man who are giving them no evidence that he loves them back. He zips up his pants just just as quickly as he puts it in. You have women, men who are expressing love and giving and sacrificing for a woman that won't even submit to him. Sacrificing to a woman that's texting other guys, don't care nothing about him, draining him of his anointing. Men who are who women who are who are submitting to men who don't have no way, no direction, have no desire to date them forever. Many people are expressing without evidence. There's no evidence, there's nothing there. And God is saying, look around the relationship. You see more shattered things than things that are whole. Look around your relationship. You will begin to see that this is not even of me, because if there's no evidence. Of God in it, then it means that it wasn't confirmed by God. There should be enough evidence in your relationship that God is there to give you the comfort that you need to press forward. But so many people are in relationships with no God evidence in it. There ain't no evidence of God, nothing but sex and orgies and passions and desires. And I say orgies because he's having sex with you with three women in his mind. She's having sex with you with four guys in mind. And all this stuff is happening in your relationship, and there's no honor, no reverence for God. If there's no evidence of God in your relationship, leave it now. If there's no evidence of God working in that relationship, leave it now. If it's more sin than sanctification in your relationship, leave it now. Where there's no evidence of God, there will be destruction inevitably. But people just keep expressing. Expressing, 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 expressing. Love and they end up becoming empty cups, empty bottles, and no one's pouring anything back into them. Who do you love? Why do you love them? And what evidence do you have that that they love you or that you love them? Dating prep was not meant to help all relationships. It was meant to end some. It was meant for you to wake up and realize um, what you're in. So many people need to end their relationship because there is no evidence. Any relationship confirmed by God, God will have already had, God will have evidence on day one, evidence on day two evidence on day three. Even if y'all make mistakes, there's still evidence of God there. There's still an honor of Him. And that's why I I warn people, do not get committed to someone that God hasn't given you clear clearance and confirmation for. Because if not, you'll begin to express love with carnal evidence. Oh, he hugged me. Oh, she touched me. Oh, she threw it back. Oh, he gave me this. Oh, they did this. Oh, they said this. Just because someone says and acts in the infatuation stage of love, of of the infatuation stages of, of connection Connecting with someone doesn't mean that's evidence. Just because he hugs, just because he loves, just because he's a good guy, just because he's a good girl doesn't mean that's the one for you. It doesn't matter what evidence you think. you got to have concrete, God-confirmed evidence in your life to reassure you that this is right for you. Evidence like, let's fast and pray about this thing because we want to make sure this is right. Let's slow things down until we have confirmation. Let's surround ourselves with people that, that can hold us accountable. Let's make sure that we read and pray together and grow together. Let's, let's, let's make sure that, that God is held in honor. I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to do anything to you that's going to make you feel condemned. Those are real evidence. Where there's no conviction or honor for God, there will be inevitable compromises. If there's no conviction and honor for God, chances are that relationship might not be from God. Possibly 100, maybe 99.9% chance. That relationship is not from him. Facts and feelings. Let's go over here quickly. Observance versus overlooking. Look at some definition. Facts, by definition, is a thing that is indisputably the case. A fact is anything that's indisputable, that you can't dispute it. There's not evidence out there to dispute it. That this is the case. That God is a fact and there's no indisputable evidence against it. That this is red and there's no indisputable evidence that it's red. This shirt is indisputably blue. Facts. Feelings. Definition. An emotional state or reaction. An emotional state or reaction. Feelings is two things. It's an emotional state, meaning that you are an angry person. You are a lustful person. It's an emotional state, a state of emotions that you live in and live by, and it defines you. Emotional state, depression is an emotional state. Happiness is an emotional state. Anger is an emotional state. That means you've been in this state of of emotion for a long period of time and a feeling is a reaction that's where all of us have we either are both of us all of us have these two we are either in a state of emotions or we react feelings are reactions hey you do something to me a reactionary feeling comes to the surface and that's normal and that's natural but when it becomes unnatural and uncontrollable then it becomes then it becomes feelings uh, negative emotional states or all, or always emotionally reacting let's go to some other points number three Undisciplined feelings will always have you overlooking the facts. Undisciplined feelings will always have you overlook the facts. When your feelings are not disciplined and your feelings are not controlled by the spirit, by the fruit of the spirit of self control, then they will always have you overlook the facts. When you have overrushing emotions for a thing or feelings for a thing, you will naturally overlook the obvious. Love is much more than feelings. It's facts. It's having the ability to see beyond what's present. When you have disciplined feelings, you are actually logistically uh, persu- uh, uh, perceiving things in their correct state. That you know he's no good, you know she's no good, and you have plenty of evidence. But because your feelings are undisciplined and your soul tied to that person, you fall right back into the relationship. That's what the enemy wants out of you in my life. He wants us to be so emotional, so reactionary, so reactive and not proactive that the moment offense occurs, you react with feeling versus facts. That's why I don't get into political battles, doctrinal battles, theological battles, uh, cultural battles, because I'm not going to fight with people who have no discipline in their feelings. Because the moment that you give them factual evidence that their argument is not right, they will fight you to the death even even with proven evidence before them. The enemy has constructed a world system, a world, a life of living in this culture today where everybody's emotional, everybody's uh, sunken into their feelings to a place where you can give them thousands upon thousands upon thousands of paragraphs of facts and they will still kill you. They will talk about you. They'll ridicule you. They'll pick on you. They'll laugh at you. They'll disgrace you before many, even with the facts before them. The enemy always wants you to have an emotional connection to things without having the ability to logistically process them. This world system was designed for you not to think for yourself. God gave you a brain to think. God gave you a brain to process. And when you see that there are more cons than pros, then you, if you stay in there, it's because you have low self-esteem, you're insecure, or you love the idea of love, or you feel like there's nobody out there. But if you have the evidence and the faith in God that he will supply all of your needs and then includes a, a significant other, when you know that to be true, you can let them go. Let her go because you know you are not in this world to, 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 to be consumed with the world's way of love. You, you were created to be loved by and to fall in and to grow in love with the Father. And will you know that? Next point, let's read that. Discipline feelings is the fruit of observing the facts. Discipline feelings is the fruit of observing the facts. When your feelings are disciplined, you are in an observation state and you're able to observe the facts and move accordingly. Some of you guys right now are in relationships or setting yourselves up to be in relationships with individuals with undisciplined feelings. Some of you guys right now are with people or setting yourself to be with people where in the column of pros and cons, there's triple the amount of cons and there are pros. Everybody has a pro, but no pro is bigger than 50 cons. (laughs) You hear me? There's not one pro in the world, pro, uh, a good thing, a good trait that can outdo 50, 10, 12, 14, 17 cons. There's 17, con- we ain't talking about superficial cons. Oh, he's one inch shorter than my height requirement. Or he's this or she's that. We're talking about red flags. We're talking about, man, he's this, he's that, she's this, she's that. No love for God, nothing there. Immature babes, all these kind of things. There's a lot of things that you should be able to say. There's too many cons in this list. It doesn't matter if that man smells good. You have one pro for him, he smells good. You got one pro for her and she's well, she's well shaped. But 50 cons do you know how many people stay in relationships with people who have three or four pros but 70 cons that's not wise but so many people love the idea of love so much they fear loneliness so much that I will save him you can't save him you can't save her people who have not been saved by God don't want to be saved and you do not have the power, the time, and the energy, or the ability to save someone from character flaws that have yet to be put on the throne before the throne seat of Christ, with powerful and with con- with uh, conviction and conversion. But so many people think they can save others. Let's keep going. Let's talk about the two two different things: expression without evidence. Then we to talk about expression with evidence. Expression without evidence and expression with evidence. Expression without evidence is the process by which the enemy wants you to go through so that you'll be expressing love despite the obvious evidence or expressing love without evidence. And the last part, expression with evidence, is, is where the process by which God wants you to go through where you begin to express from the evidence versus expressing towards evidence or without evidence. Look at the expression without evidence. Number one, it begins with emptiness. The enemy focuses on your emptiness. You're incomplete. God is not enough. Look at you without. Look at them with everything. You're empty. There's no value, no significant worth, no dignity. He begins with your emptiness. Then he brings a subject to enticement. Begins with emptiness, subjects you to enticement. When you feel empty, you are subjectable to anything. When you focus on what you don't have, and your perspective is the glass is half empty versus that glass is half full. When your perspective is like that, then you will be subjected to enticements, meaning that that you will be more susceptible to a new guy in a different suit. More subjectable to a woman in a different dress. More subjectable to enticement. He knows when you focus on being empty and you realize you're empty and you're living life without versus knowing that you have enough, that God is more than enough, then you will fall into a level of consciousness, a level of, 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 of life where you'll be subjected to things that you were meant to live above. When he begins to have you focus on that life is more than, when you begin to look at life as half empty and half full, you will begin to get a perspective down here. And then the things that you were supposed to walk over, walk above and and, and conquer will begin, you'll be subjected to their enticement. So many people should be walking over the effects of lust and pornography and sleeping around, walking above the effects of of pride and envy and jealousy and deception. But yet they allow their self-esteem and their self-consciousness to sink and low what they should be subjective over and now those things that they should be subjective over not subjective over them and they fall into the enticement of things that God never intended for them to be enticed by and once you become subjective to enticement naturally engagement is sparked oh he seems like a man of God she seems like a woman of God she seems like the one He seems like the one. The word seems is a dangerous word. One of the dangerous words in our vocabulary is the word seems. Seems means kind of, sort of. Not all the way, but some. Seems is a different, it's, it's a dangerous word. It seems right. No, 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 no. You gotta know it's right. And in order to know something's right, you don't gotta, you don't seem that it is. You seek to see if it is. You seek the Father. You don't make a step. Listen, in my older age, at 32 years old, I research everything. I search everything because I'm not gonna subject myself to anything that seems the way God wants me to go to without knowing. There's a lot of resources that I have to do. I gotta to pray fast, seek God, seek counsel, because I made too many mistakes going into what seems right versus seeking God for what is right. It naturally sparks engagement. Now you're engaging with the sin. You're engaging with that person now. You're engaging through infatuation. And like I said in many videos before, don't make decisions when you're too high up. People make lifelong decisions on in 90, 90 miles above land. And the infatuation in cloud nine, they make, they make concrete lifelong decisions infatuated. That's why you gotta create systems and a, and a culture about yourself that keeps you from flying high off the ground. Because people who can't feel the ground can't feel reality. Sparks engagement. And when you begin to engage with it long enough, then you have careless efforts. Now you, now the woman and the man who said I'm gonna wait to marriage, now there's careless efforts now. You just having sex now. Now you having sex with condoms. Now you having sex without condoms. Now you just being reckless. Careless efforts. Now you saying let's get married. As soon as he said I love you, sent chills down your spine. You thought it was God. No, that's just human nature. And now all of a sudden, now you getting married. Now you careless efforts. Now you getting married, you telling your pastor, you telling your friends and family, you just made him six weeks ago, six months ago, a year ago. And you ain't even seen him through all four seasons of life. You haven't seen him when things fall. You haven't seen things in winter when the ground is cold and nothing producing. You haven't seen him or her handle spring and growth happening. You haven't seen them when prosperity is evident in summer. You gotta see them go through all four seasons. Watch when things fall. Watch when things don't grow. Watch how they act when things do grow. Watch what they happens when it's time to reap from things that grow. Every season matters. But so many people can't recognize the seasons. Careless efforts turn into reoccurring effects. Calls after calls after calls produce effects after effects after effects. After effects and now you infected. <laughs> now you're infected with the disease. Now you're infected with, with, with consequences that stifles the purpose in you. And now when those reoccurring effects have done what they have done, now you find yourself emotionally entrapped, entrapped, or emotional entrapment you're entrapped in a state of emotions. you can't move, you can't breathe, you're always angry, you always upset, always jealous, always envious, always thinking of evil plots still consumed by your ex, you can't love, you can't go forward with anyone because you're still holding on to who was behind you. Emotional state, a state of emotions where you just hate, you envy, you jealousy, you lustful, you you emotional, you lonely. You all these different things because it begins with emptiness. Expression with evidence doesn't begin with emptiness. It begins with empathy. Empathy, consideration, care, empathy, appreciation, empathy. Empathy means, hey, I understand where you're going. I understand what you're going through. Even though I may not have my needs already met, I understand where you're coming. This for those in relationship. Or empathy, when you begin to empathize for others, it sets you up to be a great husband and great wife because you begin to see the needs and the reasons why the needs are there. The needs, the reasons why the reactions are there because you're able to empathize. Expression with evidence begins with empathy. Empathy is understanding. Empathy is able to put the shoes on. Empathy means I'm full of something. I'm full of a character trait. I'm full of a nature of God. I'm full, therefore, I'm actually seeing and believing and acting off of, his, off of who he is. There's empathy. I'm full of something. I'm not, because when people are empty, they don't have room for empathy. They don't, they don't have no conscious of empathy. But when people are, are full of God, they begin to have empathy, understanding, and the ability not to be selfish. From empathy, empathy leads to continual education. When it comes to love and people who are mature, it begins with empathy, understanding, processing, logistically understanding things, which leads to deeper education. I'm just not going to just do things without knowing. Education, God, reveal things, educate me, develop me, grow me, help me to be able to see things. It leads to continual education that I'm not going to stop at this level and think I know it all. I'm an empty cup and I go into places expecting to learn and to glean from things. Um, It leads to continual education because when I express love from education, I'm expressing from facts I'm expressing from what what the word of God says about it And it eases emotions When I know that that I have the fullness of God in me And I'm empathetic to the needs of others Without sacrificing self-care And I continue to educate myself It eases my emotion Because I know why I'm here I have no need to worry I have no need to fear. You ain't the one. Or if you are the one, I understand. It eases my emotions. I'm not full of myself. I'm full of God. Then my eased emotions, I'm not stuck in an emotional state of anger, but my emotions are at peace. And even though I go through friction and frustrating periods, I know how to quickly get my emotions at ease through prayer and praise. Then my efforts are controlled. Number four, controlled efforts. I begin to control my efforts. I just don't do things. I love you, but I ain't rolling with you. I care about you, but I ain't stupid. You a nice guy, you just ain't the one. You a beautiful woman, you just not it. Controlled efforts, I just don't do stuff. No, we're not having sex. No, we're not doing that. No, we're not engaging in the sin. No, we're not because I'm empathy. I understand if I do this sin to you, it's going to produce this sin to you. So you always think of two to three moves ahead because you empathize and you educate on what the word of God says and what basic common sense says about things and your emotions are easy. You're not reactionary. You're proactive. And now your efforts are controlled. You're like, man, I actually have self-control. And when you have control, efforts, it builds endurance because endurance boils down from understanding. I'm enduring this because I know there's a prize. I'm enduring this because I know there's a purpose. I'm enduring this because this was confirmed by God. When you know that something's confirmed by God, you don't allow whether or not you like the person or not dictate should you leave them. No, this is confirmed by God. I may not like you all the time, I might not feel in love with you all the time, but because I honor God, I know this from God, I'm going to endure. It builds endurance. The more you you have empathy, the more educated you are, the more your emotions are at ease and knowing how to make them at ease. And the more that your efforts are controlled, you will have the endurance. And when you build endurance, it leads to raw and real evidence. You begin to see why that person loves you. You begin to see the evidence. You begin to see evidence in you that you're maturing. You begin to see evidence that that person is the one. You begin to see evidence, but that takes time you begin to express from the evidence. I have evidence from God that I should continue in love for you. I have evidence from God that I should continue in love with this craft, this this purpose that I have, or or seeking. Real raw evidence comes from empathy, education, eased emotions, controlled efforts, and endurance. If you don't find that process in your life, you're not going to be able to see the real and raw evidence. It all boils down to perspective. You got to be in a place where you can actually see the real and raw Now, let's find the facts of love. The facts of love is found in 1 John 4, 7 through 21. In this text of scripture, you can see the acronym FACT spread through it. But before I get into the text, let's break down this acronym and then we're going to go to the scripture and see how uh, we ought to position ourselves to understand and to know who God is as love and to operate in that love. Let's break down the acronym F-A-C-T-S the facts of love. Love, number one, F, is found in and is from God. A requires awareness. C cultivates and grows from confession and is confident. T has no torment or fear. S must be shown to everyone. Now let's break down the scripture where we can find these, these, these letters manifesting it and see if we can get some better understanding and clarity on how we can better understand God who is love and to operate in the love that he designs or desires for us to operate in let's read the first part seven through 12 to find the f excuse me it says beloved let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God that verse right there is so meaty it's so heavy let's break it down it says beloved Let us love one another, for love is from God. In order for me to understand love, I must know that love is first from Him. Love is not lateral, love is vertical. It comes from above. And it's uh, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God. That in order for me to really understand love, I have to be born again. Salvation is imperative for you to bear the fruit of genuine God, divine, original love. So many people are just um, borrowing uh, um, perspectives from other people's love and and trying to garner some kind of equity and and, and understanding in regards to what people and society and the world displays love to be. But God is like, no, 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 true love is born of me. for you to love your father, love your mother, love your husband, love your wife, love your children, love your purpose uh, 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 adequately, you have to be born again. So many people are trying to birth love and birth experiences, but in, in order for you to birth love and have that love be manifested wherever you want that love to be, you have to be born that love. And let's keep reading. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God, do you know him? most people who follow god know about god but don't know him intimately god wants to know you and he desires for you to know him uniquely Me knowing God and you knowing God is not going to be equal. He has a unique way of expressing Himself to you based upon your personality, based upon your character traits, based upon your passions, your loves. He wants to have a unique relationship with you. We're all saved the same way, but we're not sanctified the same way. He wants a unique relationship with you, and that's how He wants to know you. Because the more you begin to know Him, the more of His love will be uniquely tailored to you, and your expressions of love will be tailored to you and expressed through everyone. That, that that deserves that kind of love from you. No matter what position you hold, there's a love that has to be given in every position. A, the position of a father, the position of a mother, the position of a child, the position of a, a business owner, a leader, an entrepreneur, a councilman, a politician, whatever. Every position requires some kind of love to be given. But you're not going to be able to give the genuine God kind of love if you haven't been born in, of it, if you don't know that it's from Him, or if you haven't <clears throat> allowed yourself to know Him. Let's keep going. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In order for me to know love and operate and function in love, I must know that God is love. Noun. Capital N. Capital L. He. Is love, and when I understand that I will endeavor to get to know him. God, show me how to love. Show me, give me the tweaks and the and the twist on how I can apply love uniquely in whatever realm of my influence. But when you do not endeavor to get to know God, you won't make the necessary adjustments to be able to adequately, divinely, genuinely express that love that your son needs, your daughter needs, your husband needs your future husband, your future wife, your current wife, whoever, they won't be able to really receive that love if you don't know how God wants to uniquely tailor his deposit of love in you to express uh, in your position to them. They They need your love. They need your expression. But if you don't have evidence of God in your life of being born again, you won't be able to express the genuine evidence of love that the people who need you need to see. Let's keep going. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. That God was like, by yourself, you ain't gonna be able to know how to love. So I had to, I had to uh, send my Son to die. So that the the payment of sin could be paid for, that there could be a renew, a new order, a a, a gospel presented that changes the order of the world, showing people how to love. That he's saying, you are not going to be able, you can live a thousand years and you won't be able to know or operate in love without Jesus. He's saying, because of my sent my son, because that he died for you, now you're able through him, through his sacrificial work and through his sanctification work, are now able to love. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. That no matter what you think, that you think you love God. No, you didn't love him first. He loved you first. And when you understand that no man seeks for God, nobody wants God, that it's the goodness of God that draws us into repentance, that draws us to the mental renewal, that draws us into the rewards of salvation, then you won't be able to be humbled enough to realize, wow, he loves me. I don't deserve it. I'm a son now. He's graciously blessed me and given me the benefits of salvation because you love me. I'm humbled by it. And you're teaching me. And from those lessons and from the weight of your love for me when I don't deserve it now, I'm able to love. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to take on our sins, to die for the whole sins of humanity. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He says, if God can go through that great measures for you, surely, if you allow that to rest upon you as a burden, surely you can be able to love everyone. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. If God really abides in you, you can't help but love. If you're unforgiving, resentful, bitter, jealous, envious, wicked, evil, uh, manipulative, prideful, you're practicing things that's keeping God from abiding in you. But when you remove those things out of your life, then God can take residence and abide in you and grow in and out of you. And so people, when they're around, they are like, man, your love is different. Your, your genuineness is different. Uh, listen, that's why I endeavor to genuinely love you. i got to have God in me. And anyone who's around me, they can testify that Josh is genuine, even if they don't like me, <clears throat> even if they got questions about me. But when you get around me, it doesn't matter if I know you're talking about me. It doesn't matter if I know you don't like me. It don't matter if I know that you have a skewed view or skewed perception of me from YouTube I'm gonna love you and when you and when and when God abides you can't help but see people for who for how he sees them and when you really want to walk in that love you would gently adopt his eyes his perspective and say man everyone deserves access to my love because they made in the image of God a requires awareness verse 13 it says by this we know keyword no you have to know man the facts of love is knowing awareness that it requires me to be aware of of what Christ did for me what the cost of the love the pursuit of that love who love is <clears throat> how love should be operating i have to know People be just, just experimenting with this thing. They don't know love. You gotta know what's required of you. It says, by this we know because of what Jesus did. Now I have a deeper understanding. Now I truly know. Now revelation is set in. Now I can really see what I need to see. For by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Hey man, he says, Man, when you know this. You will appreciate his spirit. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Man, when you know the spirit of God is in you, you will be dependent. It requires awareness. God, I'm not not in tune with your spirit. I could have loved better there, but I was in my flesh and not in your spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. Many of us are going by might. <clears throat> we're trying to execute through our power. We're trying to do all this stuff in our merit, our effort. You ain't going to be able to love her without the spirit of God. You ain't going to be able to love him without the spirit of God. You ain't going to be able to, to court her without the spirit of God. You ain't going to be able to meet her needs and his needs without the spirit of God. You got to do it by his spirit. I have, be, I have to be aware that it's not of me, but by his spirit. And when you understand that, you will acknowledge the Holy Spirit. You will get to know the spirit of God. You be like man because the father sent the son has given me a spirit now i can testify knowing that i can do it because i have been empowered by a spirit to do it the facts of love is number one is found in and from god and number two it requires awareness of the certain a certain discernment that says i need his spirit you can't love without a spirit you can't his spirit is the is the, is the is the essence that carries the components, the fruit that you need to bear in this life for your daughter, your son, your husband, your wife, your significant other, whoever it may be, can be able to receive divine inspired love through broken vessels. That's the miracle. To turn your other cheek, to give your coat, to go an extra two miles, to lend a listening ear, to stick closer than a brother, that requires love. It requires awareness. I have to be aware of how desperately I need the spirit of God. See, love cultivates and grows from confession and is confident. Let's look at verses 15 through 17. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God abides in him. That in order for me to really, really understand this, I have to know that that it grows and it cultivates from my confession. Whoever confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides him. In order for God's love to abide in you, you have to confess that Jesus is Lord. Lordship means, hey, you're responsible for my life. I need your help. Not only do I rejoice that I have your spirit and I'm aware of it, but man, because of my confession, because of Jesus, because of who he is, now I am able to cultivate that love in me. And confessing Jesus is Lord. <clears throat> it's not just for salvation Yes that is for salvation But confessing Jesus Lord Is a, is a great a warfare tool against the enemy That he is the Lord of my life He's the one that has a count of thousand hills. He's the Lord of He provides for me He cares for me He protects me He's my hedge That as my love grows I can stand for my love I can stand and grip Knowing that I confess Jesus as Lord He's the Lord of my life He's the one that's going to lead this family He's the one that's going to grow this family It's going to cultivate from compassion confession it cultivate and grows from confession let's keep reading so we have come to know and to believe that so we have come to know and to believe the love that god has for us god is love and whoever abides in love abides in god and god abides in him by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because he as he is so also we in this world that's powerful So we have come to know. We have come to knowledge. We have come to know. We have come to a a more of awareness. Come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love, abides in God, and God abides in him, etc., etc. That it, it cultivates and grows for confession. And it also says in verse 17, By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Oh, man, knowing that I'm loved by God... And knowing that i'm operating love in this earth when the day of judgment come i can stay confident because i got the spirit in me jesus has been lord over my life i know where love came from and who love is and now the facts of love is evident and has been evident in my life t has no torment or fear there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment or torment And whoever fears has not been perfected in love We love because he first loved us. So many people are afraid to love because love requires sacrifice. God wants you to love, but that doesn't mean that deep parts of your love or your heart has to be in the mix. So many of us have been hurt, therefore we don't want to love because we want to guard our hearts. There's nothing wrong with guarding your heart, but you have to make sure it doesn't keep you from loving, even loving your enemies even loving those who despitefully losing you. Being like Jesus on the cross where he says... Uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Basically saying, Father, I love them, man. Forgive them, man. If they're just immature, they don't know. You got to show that love to that uncle, that aunt, that man, that woman, that person that abandoned you, that misused you. Love them despite what they may have done. Now, it's not easy. It's a process. But you got to allow that process to work. And if you don't allow your heart to heal, you ain't going to know how to uh, help anybody else. Hurt people hurt people. Heal people heal people. And until your heart has been healed and made whole, you ain't going to be able to hold nobody in this thing called love you're not going to be able to love others because you're tormented by fear you got fear in your heart you're you too, you too afraid to give and let go that even if God brought that special one in your life you won't be able to know how to love them but God is not going to bring you anyone if you still harboring fear in your heart because that fear will torment the one that wants to love you you got to allow God to heal you and if you're in a relationship right now tormented by fear you got to cast that spirit of fear out get a sheet of paper right now and write down why are you afraid to love your husband why are you afraid to love your wife? Or if you single write down why are you afraid to love period write it down and write down the people who affected you who hurt You see it on paper and when you see it on paper, you will be able to forgive them You will be able to see man with the word of God says about him like man I can forgive them if God has truly forgiven me I can truly forgive them and what helps me forgive those who abandon me and hurt me is to realize that my sins Against God was greater than their sins against me, which humbles me knowing that if he can forgive me and my sins were greater than the sins that was committed against me surely now I can forgive but you can't forgive if you don't understand how much you have been forgiven but if you don't understand how much you've been forgiven how much you're loved you're going to be tormented and the facts of love is you can't do this thing afraid Faith is the it's the fuel of love, faith in God, faith in yourself, faith in your significant other, dissecting <clears throat> and delegating your faith equally and adequately, Dis- knowing that ultimate, your ultimate faith is in God, and then God's going to allow you to hold some faith in yourself, and then God's going to have you have to put faith in someone else. Your faith in God, that's your foundation. Your faith in yourself is your walls, is your walls, is your covering, your faith in yourself. I, I believe in myself because of who Christ is, I can do all things, and then your faith in Others is your service, is your giving, is your trust, is your partnership, is your covenants. If you don't, if you're too afraid to love God and you're afraid to love yourself, man, you ain't gonna be able to love nobody else. Fear has torment, an S must be shown to everyone. Verse 20 If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Faith is a supernatural manifestation of something that you cannot see tangibly operating in your life. The early part of scripture talks about that no man has seen God. It's also it's all, it's as the writer was setting you up for the last scripture saying, hey, no one has seen God. So, You can't sit there and say that you love God but hate your brother. He said that's not how love works. Because you have been born of me and have tangibly felt me, then you can naturally begin to love your brother. Hate is not in the equation of love. Wherever there's hate is, there's no love. And so many people hate people. They despise people. They have been hurt by people. That hate has gripped them. And they worship God on Sundays. They praise God whenever they have a chance. But they despise someone. Who do you hate right now? Because your hate for your mother, your hate for your father will affect your future relationship. Whoever you hate now will affect who you try to love now. Whoever you whatever hate you harbor now is going to keep your relationship at bay and your relationship won't even sink. I mean, not a sail, but it will sink. It's crazy. Is ships sinking by the harbor. Shouldn't it's so crazy that so many people's ships are sinking anchored at the with the hate that they're harboring. It must be shown to everyone. When you know that God's love was for everyone, including you. You can't help but show love. That doesn't mean you show um, the same amount of love to everyone. There's access levels to your love, access levels to your heart. Not Not everybody deserves five hours every time. Not everybody deserves intimate moments with you. There's different... Uh, levels of love. There's people who you love at the sidewalk. There's some people that you love in the front yard level. There's some people you love on the front porch level. There's some people you love in the living room level. And there's some people you love in the bedroom level. The, so it's crazy how many people are allowing sidewalk people to to, to experience intimate uh, bedroom love. There's levels to it, but everyone gets access to some, some kind of love. When I see somebody out there, that I don't know them. Hey, how you doing? That's a form of love. When someone's on the front porch near your neighbor, they don't come to my house but I talked to them maybe 20 minutes. And for people who are my family, they come and deliver them, but only my wife gets the intimate parts. But when you understand that everyone gets access to your love, you will be poised and humble enough to show that love to everyone. The facts of love. Love is found in and is from God. Love requires awareness. Love cultivates and grows from confession and is confident. Love has no torment or fear. And love must be shown to everyone. I have a feeling fact check. I have um, exercise for you for you guys to engage in for the next couple of weeks or so. The process, the process of, of 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 feeling, feeling the right way, the facts, the process. Feel, find, flood out, follow through, finish. When it comes to really loving somebody and loving like God wants you to love, you have to feel. Number one, it's okay to feel. This video was not meant for you to feel like I can't feel no emotion. It's important for you to feel. When something happens to you, let your feelings let you know what's in your heart. When your feelings come to the surface, next point you find. You find the reason why you're feeling this way. Never let your feelings go without a fact check. That's why this thing is called feeling fact check. Your feelings must be fact checked. So when you're feeling someone abandoned you, someone hurt you, someone disappointed you, somebody is interested in you, somebody intrigues you, when those feelings come to the surface, you cannot allow those feelings to reach the person that you have feelings for without taking the time to find the facts behind those feelings. Who, what, why, when, where, how. Why? Why do I feel this way? Who am I feeling this way about? What are my feelings? When do these feelings occur? Where do these feelings come from? How do these feelings get here? Who, what, when, where, how? Find the facts behind those feelings. Then when you find those facts, flood out privately the excess of those feelings. Flood them out. Get all that excess feeling out of you. Vent to God. Process to God. Tell God why you feel this way. Why are you in love with this person? Why are you upset with this person? Why are you envious, jealous, hateful, uh, egotistical, whatever? When those feelings come to the surface, you gotta say, I'm gonna find the facts behind those feelings. Get a sheet of paper. I'm gonna find these facts. This is why I feel this way. And then in privacy, before you leave your home, before you leave that bathroom, before you leave that place, allow those feelings to flood out of you, the excess. Because when you find the facts, you will laugh at yourself. Before you become a fool in expressing your feelings, find the facts behind those feelings before, so that you won't be expressing foolish behavior. Follow through. Follow through in that conviction. That I'm not gonna operate in my feelings. I'ma follow through. I'ma follow through, and in, in the facts behind these feelings, I'm not gonna follow through in my feelings. I'ma follow through behind the facts because when I follow through in the facts, I can forgive. I can overlook. I won't uh, 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 take every battle that comes to me. I'll I'll let them think they won the battle, but I know I'ma win the war. Some of us we gotta let we gotta lose to win. Some of us we gotta understand that that game, that game I play all the time. I lose to win. When someone thinks they won up on me, I'd rather walk away, even though everyone out in the in the audience may be like, ah, oh, Josh lost. Look at him, he been punked. I actually won. Sometimes you gotta lose the battle publicly so that you can win the battle, win the war privately. So your integrity is still intact. Your name is still solid gold. You're able to move forward. You follow through behind the facts. Now all flooding in to the feelings and then after that you finish you finish the assignment you finish the course etc now here's exercise I want you to answer these questions and process through this if you haven't got the worksheet can download it right now at the links below or the links in the comments box how and what are you feeling how are you feeling personally in this phase of your life not good at all so so good great why the answer above Next question, what feelings are you feeling now, who are they towards, and what are their triggers? Write down, there's a list for you to write down your feelings, towards whom, who are the people that you have these feelings towards, and what are those triggers? What facts did you find behind your feelings? The feelings from above, write down the feeling that you have, factual or not factual, meaning should I flood into or should I flood out? And what are the evidences that's behind those feelings or love? Also, next point, what excess emotions need to be flooded out and why? Write down the emotions that come to the surface often and write down why they should be, why should they be flooded out of your life? Because many of us, the reason why we find ourselves in bad situations, whether it's fights, whether it's prison, whether it's in uh, another uh, uh, ill-equipped relationship, because we hold on to excess feelings. Some feelings just have to be recycled out of your system and get out of your system quickly. If not, that thing will rot inside of you and it will blow up in a moment that you will regret that it did. And last, should you follow through with your feelings? Yes, no, and why? Process through this, look at it, and practice it whenever you feel those feelings come to the surface, whether it's from someone's interest or from someone's intimidation or from somebody's whatever. Let those feelings come to the surface, find the facts to those feelings, and then you'll flood out the excess and you'll follow through behind the facts and you will finish and process and get out the way. I pray this podcast, this message will be a blessing to you. Please, please share this broadcast, share this podcast to as many people as you possibly can. Comment below. Let me know what you got from this. Make sure you go to our Dating Preppers website, datingpreppers.m as in Martha, n as in Nancy, dot c as in Christ, and o as an opportunity, uh, uh, datingpreppers.mn.co to join our online community as well as uh, go to ezzygames.com to get your books and your games. This podcast will be available uh, visually and audibly every Tuesday at 7 I love you guys. Be blessed. See you next time, and keep prepping.